there hasn't been a drug, and I've done them all, yeah. that has ever made me feel like that. Yeah, there it is. There just isn't one. And I had that moment when I'm like, this is my purpose. My purpose is to share. And the family gave me a thank you card and wanted to do more. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm struggling with this part of it because that's not why I do this. It's not for a reward. I appreciate the card. I recognize that. The other, I'm having a hard time with because that is not why I do this. This is my purpose. This is my job. My duty, because God allowed me to survive this, is to share the truth about what this looks like for you, for your family, and what else do you need? And now we're going to have a family meeting because what does it look like afterwards, right? That's important. You can't go into the whole, we're going to support the crap out of you. We're going to make this as easy as possible. That won't work. Nope. This is not a drug problem. This is not a depression problem. This is a problem with you not accepting your own thoughts in your head and you trying to find something outside of you to escape it. And a hundred percent of the time, it will not work. <laughs> what up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to Talk Hard Podcast, <laughs> babies. We are live. We're not. I don't know why I say we're live. It's we okay. are we're never live. live. No, we are. We are live. We because we're lit. That's why we're live. We're, we're always we're, lit. We're live in your spirit. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. We have we have a great show for you. I don't think you want to miss this show. We I are going to talk about some pretty serious stuff. Yep. Did you see how I did there, Chris? Yep. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about some pretty serious stuff. He's just trying to get a discount on the editing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Uh, no, seriously. Like, I, I, um, you know, it kind of happened. We just walked in this room. I mentioned the word that you already had pulled up on, <laughs> on, on your phone. Again, I'm going to say this a thousand times. Manifest, 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 manifest. The energy that, that was you only put four in the times, world. By the way. I'll keep going, but it's going to be a long podcast. <laughs> if, when you put energy into the world and you're around like-minded people, this is exactly what happens. I got excited about something that I heard about last week. I started doing some research. What did you do? What'd research. you do? More research. Like I, yeah, you this, did research? I know, right? I can read top, bottom, left, to right, group words together. They well, I, just, sentences. I, I find it so hard to believe that like a lot of people out here in the TikTok uh, <laughs> world that we live in, right? they'll hear something on TikTok, and it's a fact. Right? Oh, for sure. It's a fact. Oh, you should what, see some of my videos lately. Somebody took it way out of proportion, and I was just like, this is exactly what now, I mean. Now you're like, yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's the thing. Like, I don't feel like we're, we're surrounded by a bunch of McDonald's-loving, 44-ounce polar pop drinking, you know, just I want to sit on my couch and, and – and, you know, and not go to work type of people in the world don't, don't have any ambition besides DoorDash, you know, give me my food and let me sit and let me go, you know, I, you know, let me TikTok, right? Yeah. And really, I hate it. I hate it. I'm, I'm sad about the, the state of the world that we're in because, you know, nobody does any research anymore. Mm-hmm. None of these kids, and I say kids, and I can meet up to 45 years of age when I say kids who see something and hear something on the, on the news or hear something on TikTok or hear something on the... On the <laughs> I was going to say something. Hold really, on. Then they want to argue with the Bible, which is hilarious and, to and, me because that's been tested over so many scientific studies and you name it and still is... Well, here's the thing. There's factual data that backs it on so many levels, but they'll fight with the Bible. But if some jackass on the news says something, it's that's what happened. Get your jab, everyone. 
Wait, like, I love it. What did I do there? I don't know. <laughs> get your jab. Everybody must get it. If you don't get it, you're a terrorist. <laughs> so, so anyway, sorry not to impose my belief system because I don't do that. But what I'm trying to say, <laughs> I read the Bible front yep. to back. I'm reading it again with my wife. I read the Bible currently. Front, I, I read the Bible from front to back, and I studied the New Testament repeatedly over and over. Right, so I can say some stuff about the mm-hmm. Bible. If you haven't done, if you haven't read the Bible. Don't talk about it. Show if you haven't, yep. if you haven't read this about this subject, don't talk about it. If yep. you haven't looked in and done your research, do not consider it a fact because some asshole username four four two seven six five says it's a fact, and all of a sudden it's ingrained in your head that if you don't do this, well, this here's the thing. thing. And here's the, uh, uh, this leads me into the topic of depression. Yep. Here's the thing. What so. What we often do is, and I just want to, I want to share some actual factual data with everybody. Actual factual. Actual factual. I'm, I'm going to start my rap career next weekend. <laughs> Every, pay attention to me. I'm going to, I'm going to look at the camera right now and I'm going to tell you the truth. Everything that you think is a lie until something can factually back it up. That is facts. And in saying that. This is why I say to people, you don't have depression. You have depressing thoughts that you believe to be true. And I understand that because I've lived in that space, but it is not true. And now Newsweek posted an article and we're going to put it in the description. Yeah, Chris, put it right. Put it down there because I, I want you guys to read this article. He, brought, he, he read it to don't me. Don't take my word for it. Ago. Read it for uh, yourself. And, and they won't. And they won't. Cool. <laughs> and you can stay depressed. But if you're watching this, you're more than likely the type of person that is looking for something better. That's why you're here. That's what we're going for. And we appreciate you. So take a moment, please. After the show. Like and subscribe. Share it with your friends. Let's keep this ball rolling. Yeah, guys. Because when it comes to depression, mm-hmm. like I want to talk. No, no, they're all different. There's a several different forms of depression, right? And, and clinical depression is something different. Um, and I know you have challenged me on that too. But it, clinical depression is something different than than ninety five percent of all of you out there that get prescribed for depression actually is. No, I'm going to back you on that because yeah, clinical right. depression. When I hear someone, because I recently went through this. Well, when I say recent, it was a few months ago. Somebody had gotten on some medication, and they said, "Well, I suffer from depression." I said, "Says who?" says well my doctor did okay based on what did they scan your brain and actually ask you triggering questions did they do blood work did they do anything to check if you quite literally have a chemical imbalance in your brain or did you just fill out a questionnaire and then they pump you full of drugs like i want to know and of course i have yet to hear somebody that has been through a brain scan they're called spec scans and it literally will it's an acronym Yeah, it will literally scan the brain based on different questions and different reactions, and it will see a chemical reaction in the brain to see if certain neurons in your brain are not firing in the way that they should be because you do suffer from what could have been a very traumatic event in your past, and when that happens as a mechanism for survival, your brain will detach from certain things, and that is neurons detaching from themselves so that it can save you because it's survival mode, right? So this is what happens, and it is understandable. That does not mean that you'll still have depression. That means that in the moment in time, because it's very hard to dig into your past and find out what actually caused that versus 
neuroplasticity. I'm just going to build a new pathway. Science has proven we can do that. Right. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about. Because a lot of people, there's a huge, there's, you look up depression on your phone, facts, Mm -hmm. myths, Mm -hmm. whatever you want. And you're going to get 10,000 pages of from from some sort of medical uh, website. That is right? very hard to read. And it's not only very hard to read, but it's all saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. That and and they have a purpose, and that's the thing. Like I believe 95 percent of all depression diagnoses are manufactured because I, a thousand percent. Agree. If you guys believe that big pharma is not the most corrupt organization on the planet, you guys are freaking crazy. Right. I need, I think we need to talk about le- uh, less about chemical imbalances and more about imbalances in your life. That's, that's the only reason, you know, I believe 95% of now, again, I'm not a doctor, right? I'm not a doctor. Don't take medical advice from me. But what I'm saying is 95% of you guys who have getting diagnosed with depression do not have clinical depression. Right. You have, you have imbalances in your life that are causing you to be sad. You have traumas in your life that have caused you to be sad. You have divorce, you have childbirth, you have uh, loss of jobs, uh, you know, these types of things. That's not clinical depression from my standpoint. No. You know what I mean? And, and, and all of you are going and getting on some sort of a drug, a chemical drug, Prozac, whatever you want to call it, which are by far way more dangerous than just, I know people on, on I, I had, I got on some medication. I wanted to give it a go, mm-hmm. right? I've dealt with all sorts of different issues, mm-hmm. depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, drug addiction, um, not feeling worthless, just unmotivated, just having problems with, with my, my brain fog and all these different things that I've gone through over the years. So I've tried some drugs because I've tried to battle things and fix things. And I'm like, well, you know what? I see all the commercials. Yep. <laughs> I see all these commercials. I, 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 let me give it a go. Let me get it going. I can tell you right now that I don't like, I don't like them. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way they make me feel. I don't like the way they kind of dumb me down. Mm-hmm. And I watch people on 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 these drugs, and I watch how <sighs> dumbing down does not make your doesn't make doesn't say I'm not saying you're dumb. It just dumbs you down to be. Uh, less. You become numb to the outside world yeah. because it's it's, and this is the it's biggest problem and. When you read this article, and I'm telling you, you need to stop for just a minute. I don't care if you pause this video. To be honest with you, I don't even care if you listen to the rest of this video. If you click on the link and go read the actual article that will state that. Tell me what the story is. Tell so I, his name is Dr. Hang on. That's the only thing I'm bad with names anyway, so that's not anything different. I want to say this. Here is the article. It's by Newsweek. Okay. Here while, it is. While you're looking it up, though, I want to say that 350... According to all those 10,000 sites, 350 million people suffer from depression. Absolutely. That's, and the reason they get that number is because 350, pe- 350 million people are prescribed Prozac and the other drugs. So That's how they get those this numbers. This started in the 80s, right? It was like the cure to whatever was happening in the 80s. It became a big thing. And clearly, it started getting pumped into the market. Now, to be very clear... I do believe that drugs have a place in life. Yeah. And this article will even state that. Usually in as the a way scenes. to help heal neural pathways so that you can 
get a little bit of assistance to get into a direction, but even some of the doctors, the psychiatrists in here state that you should not take this drug for any longer than six to nine months, period. And that no doctor sitting across from you at a table has ever said that to you. The majority of people that I are taking think. them have been taking them for at least more than two years. Yeah. And I believe it's like 35% have been taking it for more than a decade. So this guy, Mark Horowitz, Horowitz, love has been name. taking them virtually every day, Lexapro, for 15 years. He started researching because he felt like it was working, the actual effects of stress hormones on the brain, and he began to think, wow, this is interesting, and so he tried to wean himself off, and when he did, he was far more depressed than when he first started taking the drug to yeah. the point where he had to move into his parents' house, okay, because he couldn't handle what was going on. Now, couldn't this function. strikes home for me because I have a family member that ended up in a hospital because of the effects that the brain was reacting to being weaned off SSRIs. That is when this got exciting to me and I started doing more research. Now, I've been against them for a very long time because they tried to pump into me years ago and it just didn't make any sense. I didn't like the way I felt. So here's the article. Do the research, but here's the bottom line. We have neuroplasticity. We can rebuild our future. Redevelop new the point. pathways in our brain by consistency, by begrudging going down the path of least resistance if we stay on the path that's what our brain is designed to mm -hmm. do to protect us absolutely you know especially when we've gone through some sort of trauma mm -hmm. some sort of horrible situation our brain goes into survival mode yep. which is take the path of least resistance yeah now we know because we've took the path of least resistance mm -hmm. for a lot of years of our life. We know that gets us nowhere. Right. We have to buck the system. We have to develop new neurological pathways in our brain. We have to do things differently in order to get the things we want out of life. And things we want out of life or are not to be depressed, not to be sad, to, to, to make gains in our life, to be happy, to be joyful. Right? Those are things that we all desire as, as humans. But... We decide somewhere along the line that we'll go see a doctor and he's going to prescribe us a pill, you know? So I've said this numerous times and I feel like I'm on repetition and I don't even care. We are looking for something outside of us to fix what's going on inside of us and yeah. it will never work. This has been backed by tons of research. Tony Robbins has now been studied by Stanford, who I'm not exactly a fan of. However, they do <laughs> have a lot not. of money to do research because he has more success during his seven-day challenges from people that suffer from suicidal thoughts, severe depression. In seven days, Anxiety. he can do more than these pills can do for people in years. Yeah. It's and, proven. And that's the thing. Look, I don't. if you're on antidepressants or anxiety medications, look, we're not here attacking you because no. we, we've done it. I get it. We've I done was it. on them. Yes. We, we've done it. Yep. And what we found coming out the other end that it absolutely didn't do anything for us really that we couldn't have done for ourselves ten, tenfold. We could have, we could have, we could have developed new ways of behaving. We could have uh, developed our, you know, it's basically what I just said a minute ago. We have an imbalance in our life that is causing us to feel depressed and sad. We are doing things in our life. Our, our consistency is off. Our discipline is off. And we're doing things that are attributed to lack of consistency and lack of discipline. And we're not feeling good about it. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the thing is when I don't, when I'm not on point and doing things that I want to do with my life and doing things that I want, I'm going to back that up, doing things I want to do with my day. Like I feel 
a certain type of way at the end of the day. Like, damn, man, like, I wish I was supposed to get this done. I was supposed to make that phone call. I didn't really get any of that accomplished. I feel, you know, I feel bad about it. And I, I feel amazing when that happens. And there's days when I do that, too. No, I do it every day because I've learned recently that failing is the key. There's a new book called Go for No. Yeah. Strive for yes, and the path to that is through no. So that's you have to embrace at. this, and I love that you're saying this right now. That's what I was getting into. You could either live in that mm-hmm. and, and dwell in, and, and man, I just don't feel good. I can't believe I did that, you know, or, or, or have regrets mm-hmm. that you did something wrong. You acted out of pocket, and you can just live in that. And, and unfortunately, I did that. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think the majority of people do that. They do something wrong. They don't do what they want to do. They, they fail at this. They lose the job. They... All sorts of different things, right? And and then they live in that. They just live there and go, man, I can't, I, I feel worthless. I can't find a way out. I don't know what to do. You can do that or you can get up off your ass and say, oh, shit, that hurt. Now what am I going to do about it? That's that's the goal. You want to come out of something and be and shine on the other side? You want to come out of failure and be the, your best possible version? Then look at failure as a great thing, as an opportunity to do better, to work harder, to strive longer, longer farther, more. You know, that's that's it's a hell of I wish that when I was going through all that there was people out here and and I, you know, motivational speaking and hearing motivational speeches and, and listening to these motivational podcasts and listening mm-hmm. to people saying, scream my face saying, you're the problem. You're the reason. Get up off your ass. You can do better. If I, I wish I would have had that during my addiction. I know, right? You know, and, and I didn't, right? And, and, and now it's become like a, a common thing and people just kind of shrug their shoulders at it. But no, for real, man. You can you have two choices in what you want to do in depression and drug addiction and anxiety and bad situation. You can dwell in that shit or you can get up off your ass and make some changes. So I took a chance recently with a client. Somebody I was working with, I noticed that they were doing what you were just describing where it was like this they were getting down on themselves a lot about as I was asking them to describe their day and I said, "You know what? I'm just going to take a chance." And I shifted gears and I started picking on them. What does it feel like to be a loser? Can you describe that to me? I mean, it's got to suck every day to be this much of a loser. So I'm just kind of curious how you go through your day. You're a little fat. You definitely sound a little psycho right now. So I'm just kind of curious, like, what's that like? And the client stood up mad. And I stopped him and I said, so what I'm trying to understand right now is if you are willing to buck me when I pick on you, why is it okay for you to pick on yourself? Come on. Like, that's what I'm really trying to get at right now. And I do apologize for how I went about it, but I needed to metaphorically slap you in the face with something. Yeah. So I was doing to you the same thing that you do to yourself, but you justify it when you're doing it to yourself. And that's my real question is why are you justifying picking on yourself when you won't ever put up with someone else picking on you? And that's the thing too. If you are going through some sort of depressive Mm -hmm. stage, which is generally the majority of depression, it's a, it's, it's a stage unless it's clinically depression and by all means, like do whatever you got to do. Right. But don't, don't go to a doctor. If you got clinical depression, go to a doctor and get your pill and then do nothing else. You know, that's, that's what you see so much of. It's like, I took, I take a pill. You got depression. Okay. Uh, You got anxiety. Okay. You got drug addiction. Okay. Well, 
You went, what do you do? Well, I, I go to the doctor and I'm on medication. Okay, awesome. What else do you do? What, what do you mean? Right. No, man. Like, it's just like with drug addiction. You know, you got these magic pills out here. You know, these magic strips and these magic doses that everyone takes. You know, because it's the new wave, and the new wave is I'm it's here. It's the easy, lazy way, and it makes no sense to me. And what I don't understand uh, is, here's how the brain actually works. Well, I'm gonna get a little I, bit medical. Well, but hold go on, ahead. before you do that, like that's what I, I want to finish that because it's easy, lazy way, but it's also they're getting fooled by doctors when saying this is going to fix you, and then they're like, okay, I take my medication. What else do you do? I don't do nothing. They call it MAT, medically assisted treatment, but there's no treatment to it. You're not going to meetings. You're not working on yourself. You're not reading books. You're not reading self-help books. You're not going to groups. You're not going to meetings. You're not working a 12-step program. That's not MAT. That's MDT. That's medically dependent treatment. <laughs> exactly. And that's the same thing I feel about somebody who's on an antidepressant mm -hmm. but doesn't do nothing else about it. Like, I don't care if you're taking a medication for antidepressant get up go to groups there's groups take for, advantage of that moment right for that take there's, advantage of it yeah there's peers there's online groups you can go we can read books about it you can get up off you can go to the gym you can start working on your you know work on body make you feel better about yourself you can you're depressed at your job guess what quit that damn job jobs are very easy to find right now and that's you want to start your own you know all, find something that you're passionate about and go after that and see, tell me in six months that you're still depressed we don't understand that we are actually in control of our brains <sighs> and that is the craziest thing to me because it is my brain mine me i get to I control this like this is me <laughs> this is mine it does what i want it to right right so what Research has shown is that when you have an anxiety attack and you take a pill, what then happens is you have now told the brain, this is how I'm going to fix this. So your brain becomes more lazy and in reality, your anxiety now gets worse because it may have not even been an anxiety attack. It may have just been a little bit that. of elevated pressure. It may have just been a little bit of excitement. It may have been so many other things, yeah. but you're now teaching the brain Soon as I feel like this, I'm going to pop this pill. And then, uh, and then they do nothing with it instead of taking that moment and saying, okay, now I feel a little bit better. How am I going to reward my brain to drive towards something that's going to make this a new experience for me? Reward. You have to reward it. Your brain is like a dog. Sit down. Shut up. I'm going to feed you when we're done. But right now, you're going to listen to me. Yeah. So shut your mouth. Stop the racing thoughts. Spend some time meditating, focusing, cold baths. There are so many. There is the an gym. endless amount of you get all of these dopamine rushes, these stress hormones that actually are positive because they wake you up. They make you feel alive when you use them in the right way. We're all so lost at letting other people dictate our lives for us because I did a TikTok on the way here. I'm trying to find my purpose. Your purpose isn't something you find. No. Your purpose is something you feel. If it finds That's you. how you find it. Yeah. You it have this you. burning desire yeah. that is deep in your core that when it happens, and I'm going to actually take this moment to thank you because <laughs> while you were on vacation, I had a situation with somebody that needed treatment and they were lost. Mm -hmm. And they are like, Brian, I don't know what to do. This was the family member of the person. Yeah. And I said, I got you. This is what this looks like. And this is going to sound very uncomfortable. So are you okay with that? 
because I'm going to tell you some things that you don't want to hear. They got arrested. What did you do? Bailed them out. You already went too far. Mm. Sorry, but we're here now. So let's, let's go to the next step. They need to get into treatment now. This is not, well, I need to handle this, that, and the other thing. No, shut your mouth. You're either going to treatment or you can do this on your own. Right. Because I don't have time to walk you through this. If you want it bad enough, I'm going to open the door. If you don't, then I'm going to prepare for your funeral. Yeah, yeah. And you have to say that. And when it's a relative and a loved one, that is very difficult. It's the most But harsh. this person bucked up and did it. And I made a phone call to Jake and said, this is what I need to know. What do I need to do? What kind of insurance? We got all the, we get all the information out. I called your um, intake. And currently in Ohio, getting treatment, getting better, Woo! making progress. Winning, babe. This is how it works. And so that feeling. I, I, well, I want to say this. Like, if you would have approached that nine times out of ten, if you would have approached that in any other way <clears throat> besides this is what it is. This is what we're doing, and we're doing it now. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, the addict and the addict mind, like mm-hmm. me, we're yeah. going to come up with excuses. Oh, yeah. We're going to procrastinate. Mm-hmm. We're going to push it off and say, I need to do this, this, and this first. Mm-hmm. And, it, and nine times, not nine times, I get so many phone calls <clears throat> from loved ones when um, you know they allowed that excuses to, to get in their heads, and they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You do need to go do that. And then I get a call a week later that, that, you know, the person had overdosed and died. Yep. You know, and it's sad. The, the so great feeling great that job. I got from doing that, there hasn't been a drug, that, and I've done them all, yeah. that has ever made me feel like that. Yeah, there it is. There just isn't one. And I had that moment when I'm like, this is my purpose. My purpose is to share. And the family gave me a thank you card and wanted to do more. And I was like, I... I'm, I'm struggling with this part of it because that's not why I do this. It's not for a reward. I appreciate the card. I recognize that. The other, I'm having a hard time with because that is not why I do this. This is my purpose. This is my job. My duty, because God allowed me to survive this, is to share the truth about what this looks like for you, for your family, and what else do you need? And now we're going to have a family meeting. Because what does it look like afterwards, right? That's important. You can't go into the whole, we're going to support the crap out of you. We're going to make this as easy as possible. That won't work. Nope. This is not a drug problem. This is not a depression problem. This is a problem with you not accepting your own thoughts in your head and you trying to find something outside of you to escape it. And 100% of the time, it will not work. Right. And to normies, as we call them, that makes no sense. Right. Because they don't get that. Yeah. And so now we're having a family meeting where we'll sit down and I'll explain to them what it looked like for me and how this works. And I said, the treatment center will do an amazing job of prepping you also. But since the family knows me and they trust me on a different level, knowing where I'm at today, I'm going to spit more of the truth and reimburse what they're saying on what this needs to look like and how this needs to be handled. Yeah. The addict needs to get comfortable being uncomfortable so they can realize that they don't have to be afraid of those feelings anymore. It's the same thing with depression. So, so much. And this is something that when he, when client comes over to the next level of care to evolve indie, um, we will, 
partake in family therapy mm-hmm. as well because this sounds like, and I don't know the context of everything, but this sounds like there's, you know, because it's a family disease, mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. The parents, uh, loved ones, wives, kids, whatever, have been living with this addict for however, how many years. Yep. And they're, you know, they all play different roles and sometimes their roles switch depending on the day mm-hmm. and the mood, but it's always, you know, always covering up, always dancing on eggshells, always, um, you know, never knowing exactly what mood the addict's going to be in and, mm-hmm. and and that in turn is going to affect how they're going to react th- to their day you know so there's a lot of a lot of trauma that, that the family goes through as well that they need to first off get some healing for themselves and second off understand addiction more so so they know how to react in the future instead of patting them on the ass yep. you know so th- this and that's the thing about treatment is it's just merely the foundation for your for your recovery. It's the roadmap. It's, 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 ever, it's, it's all the tools place, that you need in you, the right way. Yes. When you come to a place like our facilities, it's the, a concrete foundation for you to build off of for the rest of your life. Yes. And we will, you know, we and, and a lot of facilities will we'll set you up. You'll be a part of our alumni program. You yep. have a brothers and sisters for the rest of your life. In Absolutely. This you know what I mean? Yes. So it, it makes me very happy. So that's what it looks like. And, and I'm Same saying thing. that to say this, like when it comes to depression, your thoughts are the only problem with addiction, with depression, with everything. It's a mental and I disease. don't it's understand mental. personally anymore. I did when I was in it. Mm-hmm. I understood there because I didn't know any different. I've become so curious, and this is what I encourage everybody. Again, the truth will set you free. This is not just a crappy bumper sticker. Yeah. This is reality. When you can get to the truth, I'm upstairs in this probably million dollar home with a customer of where I work because I was going to do a repair and we somehow ended up in this, I said, nice bathtub and we don't have those in California. And how did you get out here? And so I just flat out said I was on heroin for 10 years mm-hmm. and I needed to get out. I needed to change and I couldn't do it there. I know geographical change doesn't make the difference, but I knew I stood a better chance if I just put myself in a different space. Well, let me say this people, places, and things. Yeah. So geographically, it does work if, right. if, if com- you can change if your environment. with yep. everything else, yeah. right? Okay. So this <clears throat> lady is talking to me, and she just, like, was almost shocked. Like, she was like, I would have never expected you to say that because you don't come across as somebody that ever struggled with that. Yeah. You're inspiring me right now. Yeah, yeah. So well. I want to ask you some questions, right? We ended up in this whole conversation, and she said, and I know you saw my post, you missed your calling or you're missing it right now. Because you're inspiring me. And if there's anything I can do to help, let me know sometime. Because I donate to people and I want to help and I love this right now. And she was like, do you think that weed should be illegal? I said, I don't think any drug should be illegal. And right. she was shocked. <laughs> we, we share Which that. we've talked about. And we if you go back that, to some yeah. of our other podcasts, there's a, there's a purpose behind it all. Because I'm saying that to say this. The drugs are not the problem. Your outside environment in reality is not the problem. It's how you are perceiving your outside environment. Perception. That is your problem with everything from depression to, I'm going to say it, suicide, right? Because we are, again, looking for something outside of us to fill something inside. And if you can just get honest, there's no shame in this. I am an addict. I suffered from heroin addiction for over 10 years and prior to that, all kinds of other drugs. I've done all the drugs on the planet. I don't say that from a place of pride, but I am proud that I survived it. Yeah. Period. Yeah. 
And yeah. now it's my job to share it. And that's what I'm going to do. I love it. Period. Man. I love it. I mean, that's if, and thank God that there's, there's pages and people and podcasts and, 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 you know, all sorts of different shows. And there's even movies about, you know, drug addiction and stuff now. And you don't hear about drug addiction on, on the boob tube and, and, and on the news, uh, regardless of 300,000 people died last year. Because from- it's the same thing we struggle with on this channel. None of you want to face the truth. Yeah. And it's not entertaining enough for you. Yeah, it's not. It's only entertaining when 27 kids overdose in the high school gym. Yeah. Now we'll talk about it because that's clickbait. It's a money grab, right? Mm -hmm. So what I am going to encourage all of our viewers right now, if you are listening, I want you and I'm going to ask of you to share this with somebody so that we can make a difference. And that is not us just trying to grow our channel. That is us trying to change the world. So stop what you're doing right now. Click that little share button and send it to as many of your friends as possible and join us in this. I would love to find like a super fan out there that we could have here with us that we walk through the journey with, right? Because we are fighting the algorithm because this is not as entertaining because we're talking about the truth of all your effing problems. It's not booty shaking and, and cars. So I mean, we, I can we, if you'll listen to me. You want that. me to lap dance while I'm talking about this crap? Fine. <laughs> $20 is $20. Like, babe. I'll sit in a cold bath all damn day if that's what it's going to take. Speaking of which, coming up in the next couple of weeks, we will be in an ass, ice ass bath. Like, <laughs> you, <laughs> you're going to be in an ass bath. <laughs> We're going to have our ass in a bath, <laughs> ice bath, yep. dur- during the whole podcast. Now, I want to know what statistics on is it dangerous to be in an ice bath for 30 minutes. But uh, depending you on the temperature the, of the water, it's going to be ice cold. So stay tuned, guys. Thanks for joining us. Yes. I hope that that you guys do what he asked. Share this out. Subscribe. Like, you know, send us to people, man, because I think this show is a, is a really good eye opener. Make people think about, you know, because so many of it, 350 million people are on depression and pressure medication. Yes. So maybe I'll start having them look at it and, and realize maybe and then the drug addiction part. So please, guys, share us out. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.